Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence. We honor you. We give you the reverence because you are the Almighty. You hold us in your hand. I ask that you will come and speak to us. Speak to us in power. Let your word, which is sharper than a two-edged sword, cut deep into our hearts. Bring conviction to us. Transform our lives. Jesus, I know you are here because you told me you will be here. Kando Raminda Felo Bahaski. Let your word be fresh. Let your word be relevant. Let your word never be forgotten. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we started talking about others. And last Friday, those of you who were here, we our theme was what? What was our theme? Friday night of passion. Last not last Friday, but the previous one, night of passion. What was our theme? Night of Passion. Sarah. I am free. I am free. So Pastor Cheryl shared a very powerful message with us about how we can be slaves to sin, slaves to certain desires, slaves to certain passions. But remember how she was showing us when a rope is tying your hands? You can't untie your own hands. You need somebody else to help you untie your hands. And that somebody else is Jesus. He is strong enough to untie any rope that is tying our hands. And I shared with you how that demons tie our hands and put us in bondage and make us to do things we don't want to do. And I was telling you that one of the ways demons get us into bondage is through desire. Through your desires. Right? So he makes you to desire something and then leads you into bondage. So for instance, we talk of sexual immorality if you find somebody who is into pornography masturbation or all those very bad sexual stuff it did not start with all of a sudden one day they are just deep into it no it's just a desire a certain thing that draws them gradually oh can i just take another look another look and it's a desire. It's, 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 just, it's a demon. Right? You feel it like a desire that I want it. It feels good. But it's actually a demon who is making you do that. And then I also shared with you that another way demons put us into bondage is through deception. And I told you three lies that the devil is telling us young people. Number one lie is that there is no God. I mean, there's no God. So if there's no God, then 
I can do anything I want. I can live anyhow I want. And it's a lie. And that lie is a demon telling you that lie. And then I said, another way demons deceive us is they tell us that there is no hell. You know? Almost everybody that lives believes that there is heaven. Not everybody, but almost. Most people, including unbelievers, including people who don't believe in Jesus, they believe there is heaven. There is something out there. It's like a, a white light, some bright place that when people die, they go to. But people don't want to believe there is hell. Even some Christians don't want to believe there is hell. Even some pastors don't want to believe there is hell. And it is the devil, demons, who are telling them those lies. Because the devil knows if you really believe there is hell, you will change your life. He knows it. He knows that if you truly believe that there is a place that God is going to punish sinners, you will not continue to live the way you are living. Oh, yeah. And so he will try to lie to you and convince you that, you know what? There is no hell. Just keep on having fun and playing with yourself and watching porn and doing all those things. It's okay. There's nothing more after this life. It's, it's the demon trying to put you into bondage. And another lie that the devil tells us is that you are not going to die very soon. Now, the devil is smart. He knows if he tells you you are never going to die, you won't believe him because you see people dying, you know you will die, right? So he won't tell you that you will never die, but he will tell you that you will die, but not now. You know? Like if I to ask all of you, who of us here thinks that tonight you will die? You see? It's like, God forbid. Is that what you said? Right? Nobody is there who thinks that in the next five minutes I'm going to die. But it's a lie of the devil, you know? For you not to think that you can die at any time. You are deceived. You are truly deceived. All of us can die at any time. Any time. Any time. Did, did you sign a contract with God that you will not die tonight? I mean, when you we were even sleeping yesterday, did God have an agreement with you that I'll wake you up this morning? It's just by God's grace that you are, you are still alive. You can die at any time. Any time. You see, and one of the ways demons put us into bondage and keep us doing things we know is wrong is to tell us that we have more time to change. You know, it's okay. Just you're a young person. Enjoy. Have fun. There's more time. You can change. You know, after school, when you start working, you become a, a family man. You can, you can make your life straight and be okay. You have more time. He's deceiving you. He's deceiving you big time because he knows he has planned that accident for you, but you don't know. You know, so a wise person, a wise person will organize their life now. Bible says today, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. God, we don't have time. We don't have time. I mean, I was telling you guys, Jesus Christ died at 33 years old. 33. Jesus Christ, the son of God, died. Right? So, I'm older than 33. What makes me think that I can't die now? If the Son of God himself died many years before my age now. Right? 
is a lie of demons. And so we prayed that Jesus will set us free. And some of you demons left you on that Friday when we prayed. We were set free. And so today, I want to talk to you about what happens when you are free. Jesus has set me free, has set you free. So what? So what? You know, when demons leave you, what happens after? And I want to show you how that there are some things that you and I must do to stay free. So Chris, read for me. We're reading Luke chapter 8, verse 26 to 39. And we're reading the story of a certain man who was demon-possessed, who Jesus set free. Okay, we'll be done very soon. He was demon-possessed, the madman of Gadarene, who has, who has heard of... The, he was strongly possessed by many demons. You know how many demons were in him? 6,000 demons. One person. 6,000 demons were inside him. This is in the Bible. And Jesus set him free. And after Jesus set him free, there were some things he did. That I want us to look at. Okay, and then we'll be done and then we'll pray. Chris, read for me. Then they slid to the country of gardens, which the opposite Galilee. And when he stepped out onto on the land, there met him a certain man from the city who had demons for a long time. And he wore no clothes, nor did he live in the house, but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out, fell down before him, and with a loud voice said, What have I what have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. Continue. <laughs> for he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for it had often seized him, and he was kept under guard, bound with chains. And shackles, and he broke the bone bound heard of many swans was feeding there on the mountain so they begged him that he would permit them to enter them and he permitted them then the demons went out of the man and entered the swan and the herd ran violently down the steep place into the lake and drowned when those who fed them saw what had happened they fled and told it to the city and the country then they went out to see what had happened and came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and his right mind, and they were afraid. They were also who had seen it, told them by what means 
he who had been demon possessed was healed then the whole mountain of surrounding regions of the gardens asked him to depart from them for they were seized with great fear and he got into the boat and returned okay amen, amen. and nick finish it up for me now the man from whom the demons had departed begged him that he might be with him so jesus sent him away saying return to your own house and tell what great things god has done for you and he went his way and proclaimed throughout the whole city what great things jesus had done for him amen amen so we're looking at this story how many of you have heard this who hasn't heard this story before show by hand you never heard this story before okay good so let me let me restate it so there was a man a certain man from the city he was from the city okay he was a city man not even a village man and demons had possessed him now remember what i was telling you about praying for somebody to be saved you know can you imagine going to such a person who is crazy and trying to tell them to be saved like will it even make sense to them it won't the only way to get to such people is through is, is prayer how did jesus know that there is this man across the across the sea who needs me jesus knew it and jesus was praying for the man and so bible said as jesus got off the shore and was walking towards where the man was the man saw jesus coming and immediately ran to him and bowed down and said what have you to do with me what do you want so it wasn't the man speaking at that point it was the demons what do you want from us get away from us we know who you are you are the son of god and jesus the bible said they did that because jesus had commanded the demons to leave the man and then jesus asked them what is your name and the demons replied our name my name is legion and legion is an army word which is used in the roman army a legion of of soldiers is 6,000 soldiers. So that their name is Legion meant that there were 6,000 organized demons who were like soldiers. You know, you know, soldiers are very disciplined. Soldiers follow instructions. They are under a commander. They have ranks. That's how the devil's kingdom is. The devil is not disorganized though. You see, the devil is very, very intentional. That is how he's able to put people into bondage. Very organized army. The devil's kingdom. Very organized army. Strategic, planned things to put people into bondage. And so the, man, the demon said, we are, our name, my name is Legion. We are 6,000 in here. Because it says, for we are many. And then they begged Jesus, please, don't ask us to leave this region to leave this area but just command us to go there were some pigs who were passing by command us to go into the pigs and then jesus said okay go so they left the man and went into the pigs so you know that demons can possess animals too 
they went into the pigs and the whole head of pigs were driven by the demons into the sea, fell into the sea, and they all drowned. If you know that um, Jehovah's Witness and some other religious sects, they don't eat uh, pigs. Some, this is also one of their reasons. They say that demons were entered into the pigs. But you know, the pigs went into the sea, and they all died, and they were eaten by the fish. Right? Do we eat fish? <laughs> right so then the man who the man was was mad he was crazy and he was crazy because demons were inside him and were making him crazy the moment the demons left him he became normal he, before he was naked he was in the tombs staying in the cemetery cutting himself with stones and screaming in the night, right? And nobody could control him. They would bind him with chains. I mean, not ropes, chains, metal chains. They would bind him because they couldn't control him. They would bind him, and then he would be strong enough to tear the chains apart. Nobody could control him. I'm going to talk about it. These are all signs of how demons act and put us into bondage. So that's the story. Now the man was set free, sitting at Jesus' feet, clothed in his right mind, and wanted to follow Jesus. But Jesus said to him, no, go back to your town, go back to your house, and go and tell everybody the great things that I have done for you. And that's the story. What happens when you are free? We see, first of all, that the man was from the city. Now, we think that when we're, we're living in a place like Canada, Western world, there's nothing like demons here. It's one of the lies the devil tells us. The man was from the city, and he got demons. In this part of our world, in fact, there are even more demons here than other places. Now, the thing that you see about demons is that demons like to stay in a certain place. They don't like to live. So they are territorial. You know, it's a big word. But territorial means they like to remain in a particular territory. And so that's why if, if you see there are some places that there are some sins that are particular in certain places. Right? Like you come to our Western world, what is one of the sins that is prevalent here that you will not find in a place like Ghana? Yes. Casinos, right? Gambling. What else? What other sins do you, do you find here that you will not find in a place like Ghana? Oh, yeah. Yes. Like clubs. clubs. Yeah, there are clubs in Ghana too. Yes. Homosexuality. Homosexuality. Gay and lesbian. It's an abomination in Ghana. <laughs> In fact, in a place like Zimbabwe, it's a crime. It's a crime, punishable by law. Right? But you come here, it's the law is legal. Why? Because there are demons here in this region, demons of gay and lesbianism in this region that prevail here 
that puts it into the minds of people to live that kind of life. That's why it's very easy, if you grow up here, it's very easy to become gay or lesbian because the demons are plenty here. They will easily give you such a desire. You know, I told you last Friday, they start with a desire. All of a sudden, you feel like you, you are a girl, but you like other girls. It's a desire. Right? You haven't really shown it because you are shy. You don't want people to say you are weird. Right? So, but it's inside you, and you know it. You are a guy. You feel like you have a desire or interest for other guys. It's a demon giving you that desire. And those demons like to stay in certain places. That's why they told Jesus, we beg you, please, don't ask us to leave Canada. Don't ask us, because we enjoy being here. The people here, when we tell them the lies, they believe it. Don't ask us to leave, because if Jesus were to sack them to go to another place like Ghana, they know they won't have much success, because the people there pray a lot. So they won't have much success. But over here, they don't like to pray. They like to eat um, chicken nuggets and uh, McDonald's. They don't even like to fast. So we can just tell them lies and they believe it. So they were begging Jesus, we want to stay here in Canada. We don't want to go anywhere. That's why they wanted to go into the pigs. You know why? Because they went to the pigs. Just as they did, they threw the pigs into the sea. Then they came out from the pigs. They are still in the area. They are now going back into the city to go and look for another person to make him crazy. That's how demons operate. That's why when you are free from demons and you just sit relaxed, you don't know. They will come back full force and you will become a worse person than before because they will come back. The devil never gives up. That's why I'm showing you what to do when you are free. What you must do. Chloe, sit up. Sit up. What to do when you are free. So there's a certain man from the city and he says, he had been, he had had demons for a long time. For how much, for how long? A long time. Demons can stay with a person till they die. A long time. It's not like a short period. No, no, no. You can be bound to a certain habit for the rest of your life. You know, I always tell you, you talk to your parents. If they are very honest with you, huh? if your parents are very honest with you, some of them, even today, they are still struggling with certain habits that they picked up when they were your age. Even up to today. Because the demons haven't left them. Right from their teenage days, even up to today, those demons are still there. For a long time. This man, probably, maybe as a teenager, he was playing with certain things and fiddling with certain things. And the demons were coming in one by one. It's not one time that 6,000 demons will enter a person. No, no, no. They will come one by one, one by one, over time. They will be there for a long time. Mess up a person's life. Last time I saw on Facebook a mother who had posted a picture of her son. Oh, I was so sad. I was so sad. One picture, you see a, a guy, well built. You know how guys go to the gym? Well built. You, you saw it, eh? Yep. Very well built, and seven months apart, another picture of the same guy, you won't even believe. So skinny, needles poked all over him with tattoos. Just seven months apart. It's demons. I think it's, it's demons who will do that to a person. They come in, 
if you let demons come into your life, oh, you will be shocked what you yourself will be doing. That is why I pity people who are not serious with Jesus. I mean, you know, you're not serious. You just come once in a while. You are not really into God. It's like even your Bible cry, you don't read, no prayer. You are, you are, you are, you are a pity. I, I won't lie to you. I will not lie to you. I'm telling you. I will not lie to you. It's just a matter of time. The demons are coming in one by one, one by one, quietly, gently. You think the man all of a sudden just got crazy? No. They have been there for a long time. Then, you see, he wore no clothes and he didn't live in a house. That's one of the uh, characteristics of demonic activity. They let you do things that are not normal. Why would a person be there and not wear clothes? Demons like to get you to do things that are not normal, like, like gay and lesbian things. Right? They give you a certain desire that is not normal. I read in the news, somewhere it's legalized that they can have sex with their pets. It's, it's legalized. Right? That's the work of demons. <laughs> I forgot another otherwise I'll tell you. It's, it's legalized. I forgot now, otherwise I will tell you. But I read it. And it's something, it's not... Conversations are actually happening here in Canada on that subject. About having sexual relations with pets. It's already in discussion here also in Canada. Somewhere it's already legal. Here they are already having the conversation. You know how it always starts like that, right? And again, let's be anything. They just start conversation, conversation. We're talking about it, arguments. Before you realize, boom, it's a law. That's demons. They let people do things that are not normal. For instance, why would somebody go to the washroom and just play with themselves? Huh? It's not normal. It's demons. They let you do things that are not normal. Did not wear clothes and he didn't live in a house. Didn't live in a house. You find a lot of homeless people. It's not that they don't have a household. Some of the homeless people you see in downtown Toronto, they have their own house. But they left it to live in the streets. It's demons. They let people do things that are not normal. You know? Like smoking, drinking, doing things that, you see, you yourself, you don't like to do it. Like when you do it, yeah, of course, you're enjoying it. But later on, when you come back, it's like, I, I wish my life is not like this. Wait, so is drinking a sin? Drinking alcohol? Like, is, it like, is it not only a sin like if you get drunk? Oh, no, no, no. Drinking is a sin. Drinking alcohol is a sin. Drinking alcohol is a sin. Drinking alcohol is a sin. Smoking cigarette, smoking whatever, smoking is a sin. And drinking alcohol is not destroying your body. Oh. Jesus turned um, water into wine. There are many different kinds of wine. Was it the alcoholic wine? The Bible doesn't tell us, but you know how you can tell, how you can tell that God will not go against his own word. Because God says in Proverbs 
that wine is a mocker. And those who are not wise will be taken by it. So God will not contradict in his own self. Do you, do you get it? He won't, he won't say in his Bible that wine will destroy your life, as in alcohol, will destroy your life, and it is only fools who will drink it. That's what the Bible says. It's only fools. He said, give the wine to the fool. God is a fool. Right? Anybody who is wise will not drink alcohol. And so it won't make sense to say that Jesus will give alcohol to people to drink. No, no, no. Anything that will destroy your body is sin to engage in. Because your body is God's temple. And the Bible says, anybody who destroys this body, I, God, I will destroy that person. Did you know that God says that if you destroy your body, I will destroy you? That's why, you know, that's why this generation that we live in, especially those who engage in the acts of homosexuality, gay, lesbian, the distraction that is coming to us, you have not even ever imagined. Ever. God, I mean, if God brought fire down to Sodom and Gomorrah, he will have to apologize to them if he doesn't do anything to us. Because what we are doing today is worse than Sodom and Gomorrah. Anyway, that's just by the way. He did not live in a house. But he lived in where? In the tomb. You know, that's, listen, that's one of the ways demons operate. They get us to do things that are fearful. Scary stuff. Halloween. You know, Halloween is one of the devil's smartest inventions that puts people in Western world in bondage. It's fully demonic. You should never have anything to do with Halloween. <laughs> Nothing. Don't dress up for it. Don't go trick or treating. Don't have anything to do with Halloween. I tell you, anyone, any child, any child, doesn't matter their age, any child who participates in Halloween gets a demon. <laughs> now, do you know how do you know how demons enter us? Demons will always enter you when you partake of things that they are involved with. Anytime a demon is throwing a party somewhere and you go, you go there and you are not supposed to be there, easily you can get a demon. Now, what you should not be scared of if you are a child of God and living for Jesus should never be scared of demons. But if you are not living for God, you can easily be enslaved. That is how come, you see, some of your friends who you don't see around in church who are into all sorts of stuff, you see, they used to be around. They used to come like you are coming. How come we don't see them anymore? How come their life is all gone somewhere? You think that it's just friends who have led them astray. But spirits of darkness are putting them in bondage. Gabriel, you had your hand up? No. Joshua? Yeah, I was going to be like, how, how do you know if a demon is going to Oh, I, I was just saying that as a, 
illustration. Okay, I'm just saying you don't go to places where you know the devil is gonna be there, right? How do you know a place that the devil is not gonna, is, is gonna be there? Ask yourself, will Jesus be in this place? Will I want to take Jesus to where I'm going? If I will not want to come with Jesus to where I'm going, then I shouldn't be going there. Ask yourself, this thing that I'm doing right now, if the rapture should happen right now, and Jesus should appear right now, will I be going? If your answer is no, then you shouldn't be doing it. Okay? So, he lived in the tombs. Now, you realize that how many of us here, if I were to make a very nice, build a very nice house, like little house, very, very beautiful, decorated with gold and everything, only I situate it in a cemetery. But I put the very beautiful house in a cemetery. And I say, can you go and live there? It's a very beautiful house. It's just that the location is in a cemetery. Why wouldn't you want to live there, Aaron? Why? So nobody will want to gold house, glory, gold house. You don't want to live there in a cemetery. I just situated in a cemetery, but it's a gold house, beautiful. It has everything you want, but it's just located in a cemetery. Oh, sorry? How much is it to rent? No, I want you to live there. I don't want you to rent it. It's for free. That you live there. Sleep there. In the night alone, you'll be there. You don't want it. Lana, you don't want it? Now, guys, listen. This man was living in the tombs, driven by the demons into the wilderness, a place where nobody wants to be. You know, one of the ways demons act is make you to want to be alone, separate yourself, you get into depression. I don't want, I don't want to have any friends. I don't want, you know, like you want to all by yourself. You, you are depressed, moody. You know, oftentimes when you find yourself in that kind of feeling environment, you need to do something about it. It's not normal. God created us to need other people. That's why you, didn't get, you, you weren't born by yourself. You were born into a family because God has created us to be with other people. So when you realize that I don't like to be around people, you want to all, you want to separate yourself, be alone by yourself, watch it. It's, it, it's a sign of demonic activity. So it had often seized him, as in, you know what it means to seize? What does it mean? To grab by force, right? Grab by force against his will. Right? Against the man's will, the demons will seize him. And they, it was driven by the demon. Driven. So it's like, I don't want to go to the cemetery, but the demon says, you are going. And drives him there. I don't want to stay in the tomb, but the demon says, you are going. And then you see that he was bound with chains, but he was able to break them apart. You know, demons, another thing they do is to help people to do things that are beyond human ability. 
beyond human ability. Like, for instance, when I mentioned that people sleeping with their pets, you know, you see that you can't, you can't think, you can't conceive of it. Why would any normal thinking person do that? But demons can make a human being do that. Right? They can make a human being do that. Like, you know, for instance, some of you don't, cannot even imagine yourself smoking or doing drugs or peddling drugs or doing any of those things. And God forbid that you should do any of those things. But you see, you can't imagine yourself doing that because you have not been driven by a demon. But if you allow it, you'll be shocked what you, you yourself will be doing. And God forbid that it should be any of you. Amen? Amen. They went out to see what happened. So Jesus now had cast the demons out of the man. This is where I'm ending. Okay? Sit up. Sit up, guys. Sit up. This is where I'm ending. Watch it. They found the man. The man now, the demons had left him. Jesus had cast out all those demons. Listen, listen, Aaron, listen. The spirits had left the man. When the people from the city came and saw the man, what was he doing? He was sitting at the feet of Jesus. The man was sitting at the feet of Jesus. Now, have you tried to sit on one bomb? Before. One buttocks. Yeah. Yeah. When 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 you find a person sitting on one buttocks, what does it tell you? Huh? You can't you can't Aaron is demonstrating it. He's sitting on one buttocks. Yeah. Yeah, like you're spreading your sheets. Guys, listen. Now when a person is sitting like that, do you think they can sit like that for a long time? Aaron, is it very comfortable? It's not very comfortable, right? Now listen, I'm saying something here. The man was found sitting at the feet of Jesus. If you really want to keep your freedom from demons, you have to sit at the feet of Jesus with both buttocks on the chair. Sit down. You really have to sit down. You know, some of us right now, we are sitting on one buttocks. As in, you are not fully into Jesus. Are you listening? You are not fully into Jesus. It's like, once in a while I come, then I go. I'm not reading my Bible. I'm not praying. I'm not, you are not fully into Jesus. When you are like that, you will not keep your freedom from demons. Sit with both buttocks and sit at the feet of Jesus. Be here fully. You know, one of the ways that you see that people are not really sitting very well is when they are distracted. Yes, they are here, but they are not here. 
distracted, completely distracted. They're not really sitting at the feet of Jesus. You know, there was a woman like that. You know of Martha and Mary? Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Somebody should turn their Bible there. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Read from verse 38 to 42. Nick. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet. He did what? She sat at the Lord's feet. Just like we see this man doing, sitting at the feet of Jesus. Uh huh. Listening to what he taught. Listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? I'd like to come and help you. And what did Jesus respond? So the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all, the, all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. Right. Jesus replied to Martha and said, for a person to sit with both buttocks at my feet, listening to my word is the most important thing for the person to do. Not to, not to come to church and be distracted. Jesus said, you are, you are distracted, Martha. You might as well stay home. I mean, you come here and you're just on your phone. Why are you here? Stay home. Stay home. Don't come. Do you get it? I mean, I will gladly preach the way I'm preaching to just one of you who comes. I don't, the numbers doesn't affect me. I will pray like I always pray. Believe God for power and still talk with passion if it's just one of you that shows up. I won't cancel your service. No way. No way. So, for you to come here and not be here, you are cheating yourself. Stay home. Eh? Stay home. Then you know that I stayed home. I was watching basketball. I was um, doing this. I was having fun. You know that, God, you are away from my life. I am just going to hell. I'm just preparing for hell. So I don't want God in my life. You know? But to come... It's like once in a while, then you come, you are, another time you are just sleeping in, right? Just sleeping in, relaxing. And then another time, your both buttocks are not sitting down in front of Jesus. Both buttocks are not sitting down. Sit down and listen. You know, Mary was sitting down and listening to Jesus' words. Like when you come here, you have to listen, pay attention. You listen. We have the youth podcast. I don't know how many of you have been listening to the podcast, but if you are not listening, you are, you are cheating yourself, honestly. To listen, I preach to you. I listen to preaching many times. After I've finished talking to you, I go and listen to what I have told you myself. I listen to it and listen again and listen again. What I have already told you. Eh? Because whatever I'm telling you, Jesus will also judge me on it. So I won't preach to you and then be disqualified. No way. I don't want Jesus to tell me, you told them not to do this, but you were doing it. No. I will listen to it again and myself. Because many times, the things that I say, I haven't planned it. So Holy Spirit who is speaking. So I also need to hear what he was saying to you. Because I am also here. I need to hear it. Or you think, may I have a free tickets to heaven because I'm a pastor. <laughs> They are joking. There will be many pastors in hell. If there will be pastors in hell, what about you? Pastor. And you are sitting in front of Jesus on one buttocks. I, I, I pray for you. 
Amen? Amen. Now, he was also clothed. He was sitting. Remember, he was naked. But he was sitting and clothed. You know, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, if you read from verse 10 to verse 18, okay, Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 10 to verse 18, the Bible talks about clothing yourself with the whole armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God. There are many Christians who are walking about naked, spiritually naked. What is in the armor of God? The helmet of salvation. Who is there in Ephesians chapter 6? Read from verse 10. Uh, read from verse 12. Ephesians chapter 6. Read from verse 12 going. Yeah, Nathan. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers. Against the Guys, listen. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. What you are struggling with. That sin that you are struggling with, that habit that you are struggling with, that behavior that you are struggling with. He said it's not flesh and blood, it's spirits. Go on. Against the rulers, rulers against authorities, authorities, against the powers of this dark world. Against the powers of this dark. These are all spiritual powers, demons, spirits that are affecting our lives. Yes. And against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly world. Uh huh. Are you with us? Go on. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. Uh huh. So that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. Uh huh. Stand firm then with the belt of truth. Stand firm then with what? The belt. So now he's telling you the clothes to put on. The belt of what? Truth. Did I tell you about the story of the pastor who was casting out demons from a girl? And asked the girl, asked the, he asked the demon, how did you get into this girl? And the demon replied, the belt of truth was loose. The belt of truth was loose. That's how, you're, you're get, we'll get there. That's how the demon got in. The belt of truth was what? It was telling lies, white lies, small lies here, small lies there. The demons want those areas. It's like you open the small door, they will come in. That's why I'm telling you, if I were you, me, I'm not joking on. I am sitting, not just with my two buttocks, I'm sitting with my two buttocks, my whole back, my legs, my head, everything. I'm sitting down in front of Jesus. Right? Because... When you hear God's word over and over again, you know, there's nobody here is perfect, oh. Nobody here is an angel. We're all human beings. We all have desires and passions and whatever. But as you hear God's word over and over again, there's something about God's word that purifies, it cleanses. As you hear it, don't do this. You need to do this. You need to live this way. You need to, as, as I hear it over and over again, I get strength to live for God. But if I leave it, and I'm not praying, it will amaze you that you see that I'm just like you. You know? That's how come you have married men who commit adultery. Because it's not that you have a wife, that's why you won't go for other women. If you don't discipline yourself and sit with both buttocks and everything before Jesus, which the devil will try, he will try very hard 
to make sure you don't do it. Yes, so the breast, the, the belt of truth. Uh, buckle around your waist. Uh-huh. With the breastplate of righteousness. Breastplate of righteousness. Do you know bulletproof that the police wear? Yes. Have you seen any police put bulletproof around their thighs? No. Huh? When you see a policeman with bulletproof around the thigh here and nothing here and going and say, I'm going to, I'm going to fight. There's a, there are some gangsters shooting there and the policeman's bulletproof is around his thigh. What will you think of that policeman? Crazy. He said, there's something wrong with you. Because when a bullet hits your thigh, you will not die. But when a bullet hits your chest, you will die. There are critical organs here that you must protect. That is why the devil wanting to kill us from our Christian faith, he will make us to sin because he knows the breastplate of righteousness is protecting critical organs. No breastplates. Right? So if you sin, you are meat for the devil. And that is why you need God's word. You need, Bible said, your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. It's not that you are, you are a strong principled person. You will be there. You will sin. You won't even know. But it's God's word that keeps us from sinning. It's God's word. The breastplate of righteousness. Amen. The helmet of salvation. Because of time, I'll just mention them for you guys. The helmet of salvation, which is for your head. Right? Your head. You protect it. You come to church every time, but you don't know Jesus. You are already dead. Because all it takes for the devil is to shoot one arrow into your head, and you are out. Salvation protects your head. The man was sitting in front of Jesus clothed and in his right mind. The helmet of... That's why I tell you, you need to make sure that you are a child of God. You have to be sure. If somebody were to ask you, if you die tonight, where are you going? And if you are not sure of your answer, then you really are not saved. I asked someone that... When you, if you die and you got to heaven's gate and Jesus was standing there and Jesus asked you, why should I allow you to come to my heaven? What will be your answer? What will be your answer? At heaven's gate, Jesus is right there and Jesus is asking you, why should I let you into my holy heaven? What will be your answer? Now, if you really cannot answer that question, you need to talk to me after today's service. Seriously, this is not something you joke about. Huh? I mean, you can joke about your test tomorrow. You may not study like Vanessa. She's going to do her thing tomorrow when it's due tomorrow. You can do those things, but not about salvation. You can't, you can't be getting saved after you are dead. It's too late. It's too late. You can put off your assignment Put it off, not do it, even try to study after the exams. You can do all that. <laughs> Doesn't make sense to do that, but you can do that. But not the helmet of salvation, please. Then the shield of faith. The shield of faith. Because it's not every part, if you look at the, the clothing that we have, it's not every part of you that is covered. Right? 
if you look at the armor, the, your whole back is not covered. There's no, there's no clothing for your back because you are, not, you are not expected to run away. Because the moment you turn to run away, your back is exposed. The devil shoots an arrow. You are gone. So Christians, we don't retreat. You keep fighting. And the shield of faith helps you to cover places as the arrows are coming. Use the shield of faith. That is why one of the biggest lies the devil is telling your generation is that there is no God. He's, he's taking away their faith. He's taking it away. Don't believe it. Oh, don't believe those things. There's no hell. Don't believe it. You know, because you need, you need faith to believe it. But the devil takes it away from you. They don't have no faith. He just keeps deceiving people and putting people into bondage. Hold on to your faith. Don't let no professor who is confused take it away from you. Hold on to it. It's very, very precious. I have never seen Jesus. I wasn't the one he died on the cross, but I believe it because the Bible says it. That is faith. I believe it with all my heart because it is changing my life. That is faith. Whatever God has said in the Bible, I believe it. That is faith. You know, probably the devil may be lying to some of you that, oh no, why should I believe it? Uh, you got to prove it to me. And yada, 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 yada. Did you test the chair that you are sitting on? whether it can carry your weight before you sat on it. Who did some examination on the chair before you sat down today? You didn't. Right? You had faith just by looking at the chair and you just sat on it. You see, without faith, we cannot walk in this world. You can't. When you were driving, you, you, have, you all drove from home to come here, right? When you were coming on the highway, why couldn't you believe that the highway will the, the highway cannot carry your car's weight and it will drop down so I won't drive. You had faith that, oh, no, no, no. Many cars have been going on this highway. It's been okay, so it's not going to. That is faith. We need faith to survive in this life. If you take this bottle to drink the water, why don't you say there's poison in that bottle so I'm not going to drink it, but you just take it and you open it and drink it? Has there not been times where the bottle of water has been contaminated? Plenty times. Plenty times. I work in the pharmaceutical industry. There are times where we do drug recall. Right? So the drug that the doctor is prescribing for you to take, we will do the test in the lab and we realize that, oops, there's some microbial contamination in that lot. So we do a drug recall to recall it. So if you say you won't have faith, right? Then every drug that you are going to take, you should do some microbial test on it. Before you take it, right? F because God created us as people of faith. We need faith to live in this life. Even the unbelievers live by faith. Even the atheist has faith that there is no God. He believes it. He believes it that there is no God. It is faith. So why should somebody have faith in some nonsense and doesn't want me to have faith in the truth? Are you with me? So believe it, because when you believe something, it will change your life. You know, some of you, you are not very serious with God because you truly don't believe. You truly, it's like, yeah, 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 yeah they are saying it, they are saying it. Uh, yeah, that's what my parents believe, whatever. I'm not really too sure about all this church, church thing. That's why your Christian life is like what it is. But if you truly believed it, I mean, that's why the Bible says, show me your faith without works. I will show you my faith by my works. Uh, 
if you are, as you are seated here, Nick, if you truly believe that this ceiling is coming to fall on your head, will you still be sitting down? No. What a person truly believes, we see it in what they do. We see it. Lorna, if a lion jumps into this room, will you still sit down? But how do you know that that lion is a nice pet who doesn't bite? But because she really believes that the lion will harm her, she will jump and run. Because of her belief, you see it in her action. You say you believe in Jesus, we must see it in your actions. That's the shield of faith. Then there is the shoe of the preparation of the gospel of peace. Then there is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I've already touched on it, the word of God. But I want to end on the shoe of the preparation of the gospel of peace. This man was sitting at Jesus' feet, clothed and in his right mind. He was clothed. He had the shoes of the preparation of the gospel, ready to share to someone about Jesus. So when Jesus said to him, go back to your city, right? And go and tell. He said the man wanted to stay with Jesus. He, wanted, he didn't want to go anywhere. He wanted to just stay with Jesus. And Jesus said, no, 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 it's okay. Return to your own house and tell what great things God has done for you. Remember, we're talking about others. And I'm telling you guys, we need to tell our friends to come to Jesus. It is one of the ways for us to keep our deliverance and to keep our freedom. Jesus said to him, go and tell the whole city. The man went his way proclaimed throughout the whole city what great things Jesus had done for him. There are other people who need to be saved. There are other people who you see today, they might be smoking what? Crack, weed, right? They might be doing some weird things, but did you know that they are actually people that Jesus also died for? That Jesus wants to save. So, at this moment, I want us to write down names of people. You may not be bold to go and talk to them, but we want Jesus to do the talking for us. I am going to take those names. I am going to lie down over them, cry to God over them. Jesus, please save this person. I've mentioned the name. Please save this. Please appear to this person. Please reveal yourself. Please save this person. I will pray. You must also pray. You must also pray. And we are believing God November 3rd, Friends Day. Everybody should be coming with at least one friend. One friend. Invite them. Follow up. Call them again. I'm expecting you. I'm really expecting you. Please don't disappoint me. Friends, I want you to come. I will preach God's word. Amen? Amen. So, if you have your phone, text the word friend to the number over there. Those of you with phones, take your phones out. Now you can take your phones. Now, if you don't have a phone, so six four seven six nine nine three eight six six. And you just text the word friend to that number. Okay? 
you see that you quickly get two text messages back with a link. Yes. Yes, you can. It doesn't have to be all caps. You get a link back, you click on the link, it will take you to a page, okay, which has a link, a linked text that says, pray for my loved ones. You just click on that, pray for my loved ones. Another page will open where you put your name and then you go next and then you have four slots there. Type in the names and hit submit. That's it. I will get it. I will begin to pray. But those names that you send me, you should start praying about them. This week, pray, Jesus, please reach this person. Thank you, Lord. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there is no other. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there is no other. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there is no other. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there is no other. Jesus is the way. Shall we be on our feet as we pray? Jesus is the way. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. How many of you here, you, you are saying to Jesus, those names that I have sent, Jesus, I'm going to talk to you about them. I will pray to you about them. Show by hand. That you will pray to Jesus about those friends. Show by hand. That those friends' names that you gave me, that you pray. I'm not even saying talk to them. I'm saying that you will pray to Jesus about them. And mention those friends' names and tell Jesus, Jesus, can you save my friend? Jesus, can you save my friend? That's all. Jesus, please reveal yourself to my friend. Please save my friend. It will amaze you that Jesus can do what you cannot do. Let me pray for you. Oh, Jesus, thank you for your word that has come to us so powerfully. You have touched us. And Lord, we want you to use us to reach others. Just like this madman that you set free and you used him to reach a whole city. You can also work through us to reach our friends that are around, around us. So I pray, Lord Jesus, help us. Give us a burden right now in our hearts. Let us... Begin to worry about our friends who don't know you. And those ones whom, whose names we have given you. Every morning, Jesus, help us, remind us to mention their names before you. That you will save them. And as you do, Jesus, please remember us also. And make us to sit under your feet. 
to listen to you and to hear your word. Thank you, Lord. Now, may the hand of the Lord be with you. As you go out into the week, may the Lord set you apart, distinguish you, make you the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. Any spirit that will want to interfere with God's plan for your life, may God judge that spirit. In the name of Jesus, be blessed to fulfill your purpose in this life. In Jesus' name, amen.